everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Strong in the Saddle. I'm your host, Katrina. And today we are doing something a little bit different. So as we head into summer, I've kind of been trying to figure out what I want to do in terms of the podcast, my YouTube, Instagram, all those things. And I was trying to think of a way, how can I make my podcast more compelling? And so I started thinking about what do the podcasts that I listen to have in common? What makes me want to keep listening to them week after week? And one of the commonalities that a lot of the podcasts that I personally listen to was that they have segments rather than specific topics that are covered for an entire episode, which is what I'm doing have been doing up to this point. So given that, I thought, why don't we try doing segments on the podcast? And so we're going to kind of trial run that today, go through some segments and see how it goes. If you guys like this format, please be sure to reach out and tell me so I know whether you guys like segments or whether I need to stick with my more one topic per episode type of deal. So the first segment that we're going to dive into today is what I'm calling advice from the pros. And I'm pulling advice from the pros via a quote. And the quote that I found is from Buck Braneman, but Buck is also quoting Ray Hunt within his quote. So we're kind of getting a two for one here. We're getting a Buck Braneman and a Ray Hunt quote. So this is the quote. If I heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times from Ray Hunt. He said, make the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy. Then he said, but don't make the wrong thing impossible. Well, you'll learn from making mistakes. It's that simple. So that's the quote from Buck Braneman. And in the world of horse training, a common principle is to make the right thing easy for the horse and the wrong thing difficult. This approach is based on the concept of creating clear and consistent communication with the horse and establishing boundaries and expectations that a horse can understand. By making the right thing easy, it means setting the horse up for success by creating an environment where the desired behavior is straightforward and achievable. So yeah, this involves just making sure that your cues are super clear, using appropriate cues, and then breaking down more complicated tasks into smaller, more easy steps. The goal is to make it as easy as possible for the horse to understand what's expected and then for them to respond in a way that we want to. On the other hand, making the wrong thing difficult involves creating consequences or adding challenges when the horse exhibits undesired behaviors or resists the desired ones. So that could be that that can include increasing the level of pressure or the difficulty to discourage the actions that we don't want. This idea is it's to make it more demanding or I would say more uncomfortable for the horse to choose the wrong behavior. 
So I I wanna be clear here, we're not punishing the horse, we're just making it uncomfortable and therefore they're motivated to seek out and perform the behavior that we're wanting. It's, yeah, it's really important to note that this principle should always be applied with fairness and consistency and a deep understanding of horse psychology and that individual horse's abilities. The goal is not to punish the horse, but just to guide and shape their behavior through, again, clear communication and then positive reinforcement. So by making the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult, we can, and when you're consistent with that, you can really establish a foundation of trust and respect and you'll end up with a horse that wants to cooperate with you, which that is how you become effective at training your horse. So I did want to just back this up with some examples just to make it clearer. So let's take in the context of training a horse to stand quietly while you're grooming and tacking up. To make the right thing easy, you just start by introducing the concept of standing still in a very calm and controlled environment. And then begin by teaching the horse to stand quietly and then reward them for doing so. Um, To make the wrong thing difficult, if a horse starts to fidget and move around and just resist standing still, you could add some form of discomfort or inconvenience to them to discourage that monkeying around. So you might just, if it's just they're slightly moving, you might tug on a lead rope or just like a vocal cue. I know when Junior wiggles around, I just have to give him a hey and or like Junior and he he knows. Um, If they're really trying to move around, I might actually make them move more by like asking them to lunge. So just like, okay, you want to move? Well, we're going to move then. We're going to make it hard for you. I make them do a bit more than what they were trying to do and therefore make them uncomfortable. So I'll lunge them for a little bit and then try and ask them to stand again. And you have to be very consistent with this. So if the horse starts fidgeting again, okay, we're going to lunge you again. Um, But yeah, being very, very consistent with how you're responding to how they're responding to you and then when you do see that try making sure you're very very clear on the reward so consistency is key by consistently rewarding a horse for standing still and then making them uncomfortable when they don't stand still it's going to become very clear to the horse what's expected of them and with time and practice the horse learns that Standing quietly is easier and just, yeah, more pleasant for them. And moving around, fidgeting is less enjoyable. So you have to, yeah, very consistent. This is one principle that I definitely use in my training and work with my horses pretty much every single day. And yeah, it's worthwhile to say it again. Make the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult. 
Our next segment in this episode is our fitness segment. So today I want to talk about abs, your core. Many traditional ab routines tend to focus on isolated abdominal exercises that primarily target what I'm going to call like the superficial layer of our ab muscles. So like our six pack basically. These exercises definitely have benefits, but they're likely not engaging the entire core or training the muscles in a functional way for riding. Our core is a very complex system of muscles that it includes, yes, the rectus abdominis or the six pack, but it also includes deep core muscles such as our transverse abdominis, our internal and external obliques, so those are the muscles on the sides, as well as actually the muscles of the back and pelvis. And they all work synergistically together to provide stability and support and yeah, just power when you're riding. So to engage the full core effectively, it's essential to incorporate exercises that involve multiple muscle groups and movement patterns. So this would be functional movements that simulate the demands of riding. Um, So we have some rotational movements, lateral stability, exercises that are going to target your lower back and your glute muscles. All of that needs to be included in your routine. Another aspect to consider is the volume and intensity of your ab routine. I think a lot of people, for some reason with abs, they tend to do excessive sets and repetitions and that can really lead to like overuse injuries and just fatigue. Instead, you want to treat your core like you would any other muscle. You need to focus on quality over quantity. You want to perform the exercises with proper form and control rather than just like speeding through the reps. Engage your core muscles through the entire movement. There's really good ep- or, uh, videos on YouTube. If you just Google, like say the transverse abdominus is really important for riders. That's your deep core muscles. Googling or YouTubing how to properly engage that muscle. There's definitely good videos out there on about that. So I would definitely encourage you to check that out. And then once you have like the basics of form and control under control, you want to gradually increase the intensity of your ab routine, uh, the resistance and the complexity. But just take it step-by-step like you would building up any other muscle. It's also worth mentioning that a strong core is not just about having visible abs. It's about functional strength and stability. So prioritize exercises that promote overall core strength, stability, endurance, rather than just focusing on aesthetics. I would really encourage you to Consult with a fitness professional who can guide you in designing a well-rounded core training program that 
aligns with your specific equestrian goals and needs. And yeah, they will help you ensure you're engaging the full core effectively and avoiding any pitfalls of what I'm seeing are traditional ab routines. Um, when you're training your core, so here's just a few things to keep in mind. Number one, engage the deep core muscles. So that would be like your transverse abdominis. Again, check out videos online. Incorporate functional movements. So this would be things that are mimicking the demands of riding. Emphasize stability and control. Again, because that is what we need in the saddle. Focus on posture and alignment. Gradually build yourself up. And remember that you need to be very consistent and just slowly progress over time. So our last segment of the week is how can I improve my riding skills and performance without professional training? And I picked this question because I am basically in this boat with you. Like I... I'm not training under a trainer. I don't go for I haven't been going for lessons. I likely won't be able to make it to a clinic this year just with other life things going on. So, yeah, I'm like I want to get better at riding, but I don't have access to professional training right now. What do I do? So, I did answer this a bit. I did post a podcast episode last week about becoming a better rider, but I really just want to like quickly break it down for you just to reinforce that it is possible to get better at riding without having the constant eye of a professional on you. So the first thing I would say is just set clear goals. What expectations do you have for yourself? And then once you know like that big goal for say the year, then you can kind of break that down into smaller chunks that are easier milestones to hit along the way. Number two would be just seek out knowledge. So you need to really educate yourself because if you don't have someone else who is educated, then you're going to need to be the educated one in this situation. So you need to really research and educate yourself on proper riding technique, training principles, all those things. And you can get that information all over the place. You can read books, you can watch videos, attend clinics, all those things. Like go on YouTube. There's so many riding videos. You need to educate yourself. Number three would be to utilize online resources. There's lots of online platforms, forums, communities, all dedicated to getting riders better um there's groups where you can post videos of yourself riding and get feedback there's coaches who do online professional training and I know it's not the same as in person but it might be better than nothing number four would be to just observe and learn so that would be observing people other people riding whether that be at you know a competition or training sessions Just watching what they're doing, pay attention to their technique, what are their strategies, and ask questions if you can. Like if you're seeing someone riding, 
don't be afraid to go up and just ask them like, hey, what were you doing there? Like, what did you do in that situation? Can you explain it a little bit to me? Most people are more than willing to take a moment to explain something to you. So don't be shy. Number five, I feel like I say this in every episode, like you need to be consistent. You need to be consistent. Riding, training, all these things require consistency. Consistency is key in building muscle memory, improving your coordination, developing a bond with your horse. So be consistent. Number six, and I feel like this, out of all the things that could move the needle, this might be, I don't know, consistency is pretty important, but this one is really important too. Film yourself. So for myself personally, I ride all alone all year long. Like there's maybe a handful of times where a neighbor's overriding or something like that. But for the most part, I am on my own. And I will tell you that how you look to the outside world on your horse is likely very, very different than how you feel that you look. And I've had this revelation several times with having filmed myself but video it like I've said before you do not need to post it on the internet like I do but film it watch it back analyze your position how you're cueing your horse how your horse responds to that and then I would say like say you filmed a ride and you noted I don't know five things that you want to work on pick one Focus on it the next ride and see if just having that awareness can help you make the correction. Another one would be to seek feedback. So I know it's hard, especially like if you're like me, you're riding alone, no one is seeing you. But if possible, ask for feedback from more experienced riders, trainers you trust, and you know, really take that constructive criticism to heart to help you progress another one I know I said like this is for people who can't aren't getting professional training but if you can consider a clinic or some sort of workshop like it's a weekend of access to a professional which is much more affordable than having a professional trainer helping you all the time so definitely consider clinics they're jam-packed full of great stuff if you pick out a good clinician I would say again going back to watching yourself on video and picking one thing focus on specific areas I think it's very easy with horses to get bogged down in I need to fix this and this and this and this I have that very bad with diesel like I want him more soft and collected I also want him moving better off my legs. Like there's there's so many things that I want to fix on him. And then like trying to keep track of my own rider position on top of that. It ends up getting to where you end a, a ride and you feel like you're frustrated because nothing worked and it didn't nothing got better. But it's because you weren't focusing on anything. You had too many balls in the air and with horses and with riding it just does not work. (laughs) I'm speaking from personal experience. It just does not work. You need to focus one thing at a time. 
And then my last tip for getting better without professional help is to stay patient, stay persistent. Progress in riding takes time. Training horses takes time. You need to just embrace that, accept it, and just stay along for the long haul and just be open to continuous improvement and just celebrate those small wins that you have throughout throughout your time with your horse. So those are the segments that I have for you today. Just kind of a taste of maybe what might be in store for the podcast going forward. Like I said, this is nothing written in stone or anything like that. I just wanted to give it a whirl because lots of the other podcasts that I listen to, I feel like are more engaging when they have different segments and it's not just talking about one thing for a very long time. So again, if you guys enjoyed this, please be sure to let me know. The best way is either through Facebook Messenger or Instagram DMs. Send me a message that way. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't, also check out my YouTube channel. It is youtube.com slash at strong in the saddle. I'm posting there at least once a week and lots of fun content here as we roll into summer here in Alberta and doing all kinds of fun stuff with diesel. So yeah, until next time, remember it's always a good day to ride.